Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Bird, along with my co-host, Jordan Heffler. Good morning, guys. We had an action-packed episode last night, episode four of season 39, Survivor. We're already almost a month into the show. I'm excited to talk about it. How are you doing today, Heff? Dylan, excited to be here as always. Very jam-packed episode, a lot of talking points. Uh, Excited to get down to it. Yeah, so we actually have a little bit more notes than normal on this episode. You know, I'm sure as we get going with the episode, with the each episode and the show begins to get a little bit more complex, we'll have, you know, the podcast will be a little bit longer than normal just because we do have more to talk about, but I'm excited to get right into it here. So the episode starts out with Chelsea and Dean, obviously budding, budding romance going there. Uh, it was foreshadowing what was to come later in the episode where Chelsea got voted out. Yeah, I think it was... Uh, Boston Rob, who wrote in his book that the last thing you can do is sleep together at camp. You know who's buddying up. You know who's a dangerous couple in the game if they sleep if they sleep next to each other at night, and that is the fatal mistake that uh, ruined Chelsea's game. And obviously, Rob would know that. You know, with Amber, um, ended up. You know, they went to the end together, and he wound up losing. Now they're married, so it's funny. But um, to move on with the episode, so now we have everyone leaves. Everyone leaves a uh, Vokai camp. And Jamal's like, oh, I'm here alone. I might as well look for the idol. And guess what? He finds the idol. I don't know how long everyone was away from camp, but either he found it fast or either he found it. He had to have found it fast no matter what, but I'm not sure what that exact time frame was. Great job of him to recognize the situation, go out and find that idol right away while no one was there. Yeah, we had half the tribe going out fishing. Jason left to either take a dump in the woods or get some water. And Jamal was just left... As a free bird in the tribe, free to do whatever he wanted, and found the idol pretty swiftly. Yeah, so, right, so... <laughs> so, very, very funny that Hef had to actually address, you know, what Jason could have been doing while we don't, he left We don't know what he was doing. Right. Jamal just said that he was out alone. We don't know what he was doing out there. Right, so we don't know what Jason was doing. Um, Hef has the, his inferences. But, <laughs> anyway, on to the next topic. Kelly... I really like Kelly. She gets it. I t- spoke about this last time. She had that one confessional, um, this episode, where, sh- where people were deciding whether or not they wanted to go to Islands of the Idols, and everyone seemed to be shy about going, and Kelly was like, well, no, I, I don't think we should we should draw rocks to see who goes. I think we should actually choose who, go- who goes. And then she had that confessional where she was like, well, whoever goes to Islands of the Idols is actually going to know the same thing that I do this could actually bring us closer. So I thought that it was you know, very smart that she recognized that. Little did we know that it would be Nora out of all people who would be going. Yeah, so Kelly understands that it's either a huge opportunity or a huge threat when someone on her own tribe goes to Island of the Idols because, I mean, Nora could have either corroborated, corroborated Kelly's lie or just completely blown up Kelly's cover. And to be honest, I was actually surprised that Kelly didn't volunteer herself. It would have been a pretty swift move. She would have had, she would have had another shot at the Idol, and nobody would have been able to blow recover. Right, so I somewhat agree with that. That actually did cross my mind in the thing. I was like, if Kelly knows what's out there, she should go back. But then, if she did go back, then everyone would know that you know something very valuable is out there, and that makes her even more of a target. So it definitely was, in the end, smart of her just to sit back. But Nora, who was on the bottom of the tribe, it made sense for her to go because she really has nothing to lose at this point. It didn't really make sense for for somebody like Tommy or Jack to go because they're in a pretty comfortable position with the tribe. So it wouldn't have made sense for them to go and just put a target on their back, but it did make sense for somebody on the bottom like Nora to go. So she goes, and 
she sees, you know, Rob and Sandra, obviously, and the first thing they do is give her watermelon, which was pretty interesting. It was almost like a reward. I thought that the challenge was going to be that maybe some kind of advantage was hidden in the middle of the watermelon. I really had no idea what the watermelon was about. Yeah, I don't know what it was. When she asked why her piece was much bigger than Rob and Sandra's, I thought maybe the lesson was going to be that you should always put other people on your tribe first, and then you should always take the smaller portion of food. No clue what was happening there. Yeah, so clearly it was just it was just a reward, honestly, for her. But then the actual part, the lesson of Island of the Idols, ended up being Art of Persuasion. So the reason that I did like this is because I love when they show the throwbacks from other seasons, and that was cool as Rob was going through. You know, there's different ways you could persuade people. He said you could do what... You could see what the other person wants, and then it went and showed Eric from season 16. Uh, you could stroke somebody's ego. It showed poverty. Um, you could go and start rumors, and it showed Sandra, who was obviously famous for that. You could do this for that. So he started going through all these different tactics that you could do in order to persuade people, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, and just I want to talk about what Nora did when she came back, when she was when she was given the challenge. Well, wait, so. before, before we get into what Nora did when she came back, I thought it was interesting that they offered her the thing and right he couldn't even he was not Very even true. able to finish he was not even able to finish the sentence rob and she was like I'm taking it I don't care what anyone does I'm taking it I'm taking it I'm taking it and you know I guess we should have expected Nora to do that um she didn't even think it through at all obviously this was definitely something that played against her strengths and she sh- she probably shouldn't have taken it or bargained and she didn't even care she didn't even care about it and Rob made fun of her for that I was pr- thought it was pretty funny yeah Nora's definitely over the top and Sandra's like trying to calm her down at first She's like think about it think about it no I, I want to do it right away why that's no no brainer for me I'm absolutely gonna do it right so now we could talk about what actually happened when Nora got back to camp so the challenge is that she has to persuade her tribe to be the caller in the blindfold challenge the classic survivor challenge. She comes back to the tr- she comes back to the island and she does a pretty good job at first. She doesn't give too much away and she says that she read something and she has to persuade her tribe. It's about mastering the art of persuasion, but it's that she has they all have to unanimously agree on her role in the challenge. And then she kind of backtracks on it and she goes, "Oh wait, no, I can just choose my role." So everyone knew there was something fishy and Dylan, I think you can take it away here on how she was executing being a caller in that little practice run. Right, so she she didn't she clearly didn't even think it through at all. It was like, I I originally wrote down in my notes like, okay, she's doing a good job of like coming up with like a story, telling them they got an advantage of the challenge, and everyone was gonna get excited. And then all of a sudden, she went into the whole thing about choosing your role. I thought she was just gonna tell them she had an advantage that she got to give them the idea of what the challenge was, and then she was gonna separately try to convince everyone to be a caller. But she didn't think that through clearly. She kind of went on her own rant about how like, oh, like if you guys let me if you guys let me choose if you guys choose my role for me then i could tell you what the challenge is and they were all like well we don't know what the challenge is how are we supposed to choose her choose her your role and then next thing you know everyone was questioning her everyone knew something was up nora i don't even know if nora realized she screwed up but she did and then once she actually kind of switched on switched back on what she said about how if she could choose the role herself then everyone can know so she's like, okay, well, I'm just going to be the caller. And then everyone yeah, it was, was just like, okay. It was so poorly executed. She literally could have said, if I'm the caller in this challenge, our team will have an advantage. And nobody would have questioned anything. Because she could, she could have said, this is about the art of persuasion. I have to be the caller. And if I'm the caller, we'll have an advantage. And everybody would, would have been very excited about it. Right. But then what would she have done if they had won the challenge? And she, if they won the challenge and... 
everyone was questioning, well, what what is that advantage? What would she have done then? Well, the advantage would have been that she knew what the challenge was. She didn't have to say that she knew what she knew what it was, but she could have said she could have. She wouldn't. She didn't have to go into every single detail, but she would have. She could have said, "I know what the challenge is. Make me the caller." Yeah, I guess she could have definitely went. I thought it was a good. I think she was thinking along the right lines, but she executed it at literally the. It literally could not have gone any worse for her. Yep. But I, you know, obviously it was hilarious when they were practicing it back at camp as if she was going to be the caller, and then they get to the challenge and they're like, "Who's going to sit out?" And they're all like, "Nora sitting out." It was dreadful watching them practice at camp. I mean, it's a pretty hard challenge to begin with, but she was just so bad at it. Everybody was coming at her throat the entire time saying, this is not how you should do it. Do it so, do it another way. Don't tell people how many steps to take and call it out for them. Just absolutely terrible on Nora's part. So I actually think that this leads perf- This obviously leads perfectly into the challenge. So they all decide unanimously she's going to sit out. She does not have her vote the next time they go to tribal council. Cr- like actually horrible mistake by Nora the entire episode, but did you expect them to to make her sit out? No, I'm. I would not have been surprised if they were like, if they were like, I, if Jason was like, I think I should take this, and then like other people were like, yeah, I don't think you should be the caller. But I didn't expect her, them to all just be like, yeah, you're not even participating in the challenge. Clearly, they were upset with her. Clearly, they knew something was up. Clearly, they weren't going to fall for her lies, and that's very smart of her tribe. Something I just thought about, she said that they would have an advantage if they unanimously decide on her role. They unanimously decided to sit her out, so that actually really ended up biting her in the butt when she said that they had to unanimously, with air quotes around, unanimously decide her role that in is, the challenge. That is a good point. I did not think about that. So I, it's possible that that's what they were thinking when they did that. It's also possible that they just didn't believe anything she said and were like, yeah, we don't even want you in the challenge because you don't know how to call. It's also possible they just thought she was terrible, so yeah. Right, so that that could have been either one. I'm leaning towards saying they just thought she was terrible, but yep. you, bring up, you bring up a good point. Um, now going into the actual challenge, Jason was an incredible caller. Um, good thing he did it. Um Another thing I thought that was funny in the challenge is Dan slapped Missy in the face in the middle of the challenge when the, when both tribes were blindfolded crossing paths. And the big story here was the almost comeback, which would have been ridiculous. Yeah, that would have been up there with the best comeback in the history of a Survivor Challenge. I actually thought that Lyra was going to make it when, uh, when uh, Elizabeth and Aaron started screaming, got really excited. I was like pumping my fist with them. All of a sudden, somehow, that piece that fit was not the right design. Survivor puzzles yet again being insanely hard. But, yeah, uh, Viro luckily pulled it out, and they lived to see another day. So it actually seemed like... It actually seemed like... um, Like Jason and Elizabeth may have made a very similar mistake with the puzzle. So Jason obviously made the mistake earlier, so he was, he was able to have time to correct it. But another reason why I thought Jason was such a good caller is because he stayed calm the whole time. He didn't stress out. He didn't like obnoxiously yell at people, and that's something that's very important, um, especially because for Jason, where Jason was at the bottom of his tribe very early, I could guarantee that at this point in the game, he's ve- he was very high up there with his tribe, and they value him as a player for sure. Yeah, that was clutch for him in the long term. He was in- insanely smooth under pressure, very calm, and now he could be seen as a go-to guy for them and challenges going forward. Right. So, I think I think a main a main thing that to take away is I yeah I think Jason's really really good now. He may be one of my winner picks right now for sure. Um, but obviously, uh, La- Lyra loses the challenge once again. They head to tribal council, and I want to actually 
point out first at what Missy said in a confessional as they're going back. She said that she wanted to keep Karishma if she could. And she said, quote, if I could have two votes instead of one, that's a dope day, end quote. Um, I thought that was really smart of her. She's very smart to recognize, you know what, the easy vote is to just get rid of Karishma because she keeps complaining. She doesn't really do anything. She's not any of any value in challenges. But she said, well, maybe I could use her as a vote down the road. So I, that's where my light bulb goes off and, and really says Missy's a very good player. Yeah, there are two sw- two sides of the coin on this one. You can either play it safe, keep everyone on the same page, take out the easy vote in Karishma, or you can keep her in her back pocket. She'll be scrambling to do whatever she can to just live another day on the island, and she would. Missy definitely has her in her back pocket. And how many people have we seen that are in trouble early and end up going to the end just because yep. they because they did because something like this happened? Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, now I want to go to Karishma who is in a confessional and immediately calls the tribe a bu- quote a bunch of pansies. Ridiculous. She does not even look she hasn't even looked like she's tried or put any kind of effort into making relationships. Um everyone seems to be on the same page as her being an outcast, but then, you know, uh, Elizabeth, Aaron and Missy all go to the well to talk about who they want to vote out. They decide, you know, we don't want to go with the easy vote. And Aaron immediately throws out Dean's name, citing Dean as Poor performance in the challenge, tied together to Chelsea, and that's dangerous. And I originally thought it was a brilliant idea, but Aaron didn't exactly think it through with the numbers. He knew he ha- he knew he had uh, Missy and maybe Elizabeth, but he did not know about anyone else. And I think he should have spoke to more people himself before just throwing the idea out. Yeah, so Aaron does have a point here. Dean has sneakily flown under the radar in each of the challenges because he's been like the main guy doing the puzzles and has really not held his weight. But he's been using Karishma as a shield, so Dean finally is getting his... That was, uh, that was last last episode where he was doing the puzzle. And the first episode. It's, and, he's finally right. getting the attention he deserves that he's actually not great in challenges. And Aaron cited that, oh, Elizabeth said, go under, and he just stepped over and didn't listen to her. Yep. Right, so... Yeah, so Dean, really not great in challenges. Some, he's a, He was actually on my fantasy team, so somebody I thought would actually be pretty... Would be a pretty big contributor, but... Really a target on his back, as you can see. But all of a sudden, the conversation switches from Dean to Chelsea just like that. Right, and I actually think that when the Dean thing came out and Elizabeth was very on the fence, she seemed like she didn't want to do it, she did the smart thing by telling Aaron yes at first and then going to Elaine. Elaine said no, and she came back to Aaron and was like, oh, it's because of Elaine that we're not doing it. She doesn't want to do it. We don't have the numbers. This way, Elizabeth made herself appear loyal to Aaron and she didn't. She didn't seem like she was the one who was really blowing up the plan. So I thought that was really smart on Elizabeth to gain trust from Aaron right there. Um, Let's but, talk about Elaine for a second. Actually, Elaine is could be a major player down the road. She's involved in literally every single conversation. She's a major vote in every single blindside, and yeah, she's been in the conversation with each of these blindsides literally every single time. So we discussed. Uh, during during our first episode that a reason why Elaine was featured so much in the first episode is because we think that she could be a major player down the road and it does seem like she's in the middle of everything even though when they get to tribal council she talks about how she has no idea what's going on very low-key sh- she definitely knows what's going on for sure even if people don't necessarily think that she does but yeah back to the Chelsea thing Missy out of nowhere throws out Chelsea's name and is like maybe Dean is a little bit you know too valuable maybe people think he's too valuable so maybe we're going to do what people want and still get our goal complete 
So we're going to get rid of one of the two, but it's not going to be Dean. It's going to be Chelsea. So I was like, oh my God, I don't know who, what's going to happen at Tribal. I don't know what's going on. I thought that the edit may have thrown Chelsea's name in just to make just to make it seem like people we really had no idea what was going to happen, and they did a good job of that because coming into the vote, I really had no idea what was going to happen. And yeah, the uh, the way that we saw the edit was the last thing that we saw before the tribal council was Missy's name being thrown out there for being so dangerous because she can change her mind at the drop of a hat. It's going to tribal at least, I had no clue what was going to happen. In the back of my head, I thought Karishma was going to be the easy vote and people were just going to go that way because of all the chaos. I knew that Chelsea and Dean really had a shot to be out, and kind of in the back of my mind, I thought Missy might have a shot to be blindsided in this one. Right, so I thought it was going to be Karishma going in. I thought that they were just creating controversy on the edit, and that everyone was going to kind of shy away from making that big move and just go with the easy vote, just because there were so many names thrown out um, that people were going to get scared and go Karishma. Now, Tribal Council starts, and Karishma is playing the victim, and just like she has been the whole show. And, you know, Jeff's kind of asking her, and Krishna's like, well, no one's talking to me. And that was, that was like, I've, I've kind of heard enough of that. Like, every single confessional, every single question at Tribal, Krishna goes on and on about how no one wants to talk to her. She should honestly start playing the game because anything could change at any time. Just because you're down on one day doesn't mean that you're down for the whole game, and she has to realize that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm tired of Karishma playing the victim card here. And Dylan, like you were saying a few minutes ago, that people on the bottom in the beginning of the game are the ones that somehow make it to the top and make it to the, the final few days. But Karishma's not going to get there if she continues to play the victim, sits on her butt the entire time, doesn't have a doesn't have a fire lit underneath her to, tr- to really try to change the game. And then I think Missy got tired of it as well when... You know, they were talking about how there could be chaos tonight, and Jeff was like, well, Karishma, is that something, that's something that you would want to hear? And Karishma, like, her eyes light up, and she's like, yes, I love that I'm hearing all this. And then all of a sudden, Missy was like, no, I'm not having any of this of her playing the victim anymore. And, he, and she went on an epic rant at Tribal about how, you know, just because their bullets may, you know, hit everyone else doesn't mean that it can't still hit her. And it was, it was an unbelievable, unbelievable rant, like it really was. Yeah, that was unreal by Missy. It was like, all right, calm down, Karishma. You're still on the bottom here. Don't get too excited. You should, you should uh, continue to count your lucky stars. So you might escape it. You might escape this one, but don't. She said, "We're all playing equally, and everybody has lapped you." That was that was that incredible. Was a great comment. And Missy's performance at Tribal made me think, like, wow, like she's really smart. Some of the analogies she was making, the similes, the metaphors. I was like, she really understands her spot where she is right now. And she also really understands the game. And I think that going forward, that could be a potential red flag for other competitors. But but I really like Missy and Jason right now, both of them. I think they're both very smart. I think they have a good grasp on the game. And I'm look, I'm a big Missy fan, and it's not just because we have the same last name. Yeah, Missy's a beast bird. And it's because she's so smart, so eloquent. She understands the game, and we can really see that. But... The biggest red flag for her going forward is that she's playing too hard right now. The people that make it far, those that fly under the radar, Tommy talked about trying to not show too much, trying to be just charismatic, get along with everyone, and she's maybe playing too hard right now, really trying to blindside everybody that stands in her way. So obviously Missy, she got her way this time. Chelsea goes home. It was her idea. Chelsea is now the second person this season to go home with an idol in her pocket, two straight weeks. Um... Vince did last week, and now Chelsea this week. And, yeah, Missy, 
I gotta say, I really like her as a player, but we have seen players try to play way too hard early and then end up getting voted out before the merge. So we really have to keep an eye on Missy because I do think that's a possibility with her. I think it could be. I think she she can make it all the way to the end and win. I also think that she, that players start to realize that she is extremely smart and probably one of the best players in the game right now, and they could just choose to vote her out at any time. But luckily for Missy, in the preview for next week, it showed that there was a tribe swap. So I have to say that if the if these tribes were the same next week, Missy would have to worry because they would be like, wow, she's running everything. But no, Missy gets lucky. There's a tribe swap next week. I will say about Missy, she is pretty diabolical. She's the one that really wants to lead these these blind sides, but Aaron is the one on the tribe who's really forming the relationships well enough to try to get people to vote with them. You can see that Missy's not being the not the one in any of these conversations, so it's very lucky for her that the tribe's swapping. I think that if they work, now we don't know the way the tribes are going to swap, if she's going to stay with Aaron. If she does, it would be smart of Missy to take a step back, let it seem like Aaron's running the yep. show a little bit more, and hide behind Aaron as long as she could, because she could be that person in the end who's pulling the strings from behind but doesn't look like it, and that would be really a smart move for her. She needs to you know, take a chill in, in tribal a little bit and you know, let, let other people do the talking, maybe like an Aaron, as I said, and hide behind him for at least a little bit. So, Dylan, it is fun to speculate about how the, how the cards are going to fall when the tribes swap, but I have to say, why do you watch the previews, man? It would have been so much more exciting to see the, to see the, uh, the tribe swap live. So... We're having a little bit of a debate here. I say I watch the previews every week. Hef over here says he never wants to watch the previews because it he, spoils it. Right? He think he thinks it's a, he thinks it's a spoiler. I say no. They would never give any any spoilers away. I stick with I stick with what I say. I don't think they gave anything away in the in this one where they said Dylan. Of course it did. It said last week that it sh- it showed Chelsea and Dean buddying up and people being alarmed about how they are too much of a couple and it actually. Came to bitter, bite her in the butt at the, at the end of the at the end of the episode. Right, but that could have been a storyline. But it doesn't mean that they would have lost immunity. It doesn't mean that they were gonna go to tribal and that the votes were gonna happen to go Chelsea's way. All right, Dylan. You, you had no you had no idea who was gonna be voted out okay. of this one, did you? All right, so I did not know that their tribe would lose immunity, but it was probably edited that way because they if their tribe wasn't the focal point of the episode, they wouldn't have shown that part of it. But Dylan, gun to your head at the end of, at the end of last episode when you watched the previews, who would you have thought was going to get voted out? Chelsea or Dean, right? I would not. Have, I would not. Come have said on. Chelsea. I would not have known. Um, he, Hef, right here, is saying that because Chelsea and Dean were shown as buddying up, it was an immediate sign that one of them was going to go home. I disagree. They could have been. They, oh, they, you disagree, even though that's true. That's what happens. That is what happened. But there have been power couples that have lasted. More than a few weeks, so they could have been showing what was the beginning of something blooming. Instead, that was just that idea was all just smashed in this episode. It could have gone on for another four or five weeks of them being a great team, and it would not have get, it, that. That's not something that gives anything away because power couples could last a few weeks in this game. Just because there's a power couple that turns up doesn't mean that one of them is going to go home that exact night. You know, Dylan, you're smart enough to know that they edited everything for a reason. They show exactly what they want to show, and it was pretty relevant this episode. So I want to say, let us know what you think about this debate. Do you watch the previews? Do you not watch the previews? I want to know what everyone thinks. Um, Jeff Probst actually did tweet something a few weeks ago that people were complaining to him about a certain promotion that showed who was going to Tribal Council. Thank you, Jeff. That is not every week. 
I still watched the previews. That was one certain promo that showed people at Tribal Council so everyone knew who was going to win immunity, who wasn't. That's definitely not every week, and I'm still going to continue to watch the previews. It's but just, you know what? We will let the people decide on this one. Yeah, we'll let the people decide. Let us know what you think. We'll talk about episodes coming up. If you if you think that we should watch the previews, if you don't think we should watch the previews, then we're not going to talk about it in the episodes coming up. But now, I want to get to our weekly segment where Hef over here decides that he's going to imitate Jeff Probst because that's what he does best, and action. So Dylan, I want to preface this by saying this was actually not a major Jeff episode. It was not... It wasn't. It wasn't too focused on Jeff. It was a lot of, t- of the actual tribe doing the talking at Tribal, and it was and the uh, the challenge itself was all focused around the people doing the calling out. So not a lot of Jeffisms for this one, but I do have one that I want to take away. While Tommy was blindfolded, he uh, he ran into a pole in the downstairs area. So Jeff had to capitalize on that one. Tommy just took one in the groin. Pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, there weren't there weren't too many Jeffisms in this one. He did he did make some comment in Tribal that was where he's like. Oh, everyone's looking around like Bueller, Bueller. That was the only comparison or metaphor simile he made in this episode. But I'm sure we'll have more Jeffisms next week when there's not a caller at the at, uh, at the challenge. But once again, I just want to thank everybody for listening to this edition of the Soul Survivor Podcast. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you could follow us at Soul Survivor Pod. Thanks again, everyone. Grab your torches, head back to camp. Good night.